I just want to say cheers to Rob uh, of the Orpheus Protocol, which is on Kickstarter and super successful now. Uh, he's been developing that game for five years now, uh, which is just insane. Who would design a game for that long? <laughs> just really. Two-time guest of the podcast, probably the most successful story anyone's ever told on these microphones. Yeah. Um, and it's just crushing her on Kickstarter. So if you've not been over to the Orpheus Protocol yet, make sure you jump and over. And a very fun game. And I am uh, doing a stretch goal for it. Oh, well, yeah. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, uh, cheers to the Orpheus Protocol and Rob Stith. Congratulations. And we hope it continues to smash. Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix 6, where we have six conversations, drink six beers, rate them on a five-point scale, <clears throat> and occasionally go places. We've got a pre-party? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna well, I mean, we're to... going to be at Origins mm-hmm. uh, in June, so if you're going to be at Origins, definitely check us out in Columbus. We'll be demoing Party Foul at the IGDN booth yep. uh, pretty much every day. Yeah. Uh, definitely be down to get some beers, uh, play some games, have some drinks, do whatever, shoot the shit. And then uh, only like six short weeks later, we'll be at Gen Con. We've got a live show for the Mix 6 podcast. Yeah. Uh, tickets are available now, so if you can grab tickets, please do. We'd love to see you. Uh, and then in September, we'll be at Moon City Con in Springfield, Missouri. So uh, tickets go on sale for that officially May 27th, I think, or Memorial Day weekend. So you should check out Moon City Con. Come to Springfield. Hang out. Have a beer. Uh, we'll buy you one and play some board games with us. And on that note, it's time for the rating system. God damn it. And a return to Food Month. <sighs> Pause for sound effects. Food, food Month, which is actually longer than a month. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's actually like food five-ish weeks, depending yeah. on how the release schedule Great. goes, which honestly I think makes the whole thing better. Two and a um, half fortnights. That's right. Yeah, yeah. More for the mind. Um, this is uh, food-based rating system number two in a long line of food-based rating systems for Food Month. And this week, uh, we'll be rating beers <clears throat> by movie theater fu- foods ranked in order of how acceptable it is for the people next to me to eat them during a movie. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, When I'm at a movie and I'm in the zone, the last thing I want is for your eating experience to take me out of the zone because, you know, here's Captain America Mm -hmm. just about to do the deal, and it's silent. I mean, all quiet on the Western Front. Shit's about to go down. And this asshole next to me is just chomping away on nachos. All right, hold on. and uh, Define next to me. Like right next to. So the next Just within the row. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. doesn't count for people behind or in front. Behind can have a similar effect. In front typically doesn't bother me as much. Okay. It also depends on, on seat spacing a little bit. What about diagonals? Uh, Are we just orthogonal here? Yeah, mostly orthogonal. Okay, yeah. that's important to know. Yeah, I don't, I, Have you been bothered by somebody diagonally across from you? Deep, well, I mean, it's a deeply relatable system. We just have to define the terms. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> you, those people orthogonally adjacent to me... Um, I am ranking, we are ranking beers today based on movie theater foods and their level of acceptability for someone orthogonally adjacent to me to eat them while I'm watching a film. Or behind you. That's right. The That's classic right. upstown, down, up, down left, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, arrangement. So That's right. you don't have to worry about posting on the what counts as next to me in a theater Reddit. Right. Uh, we don't have to get into the debate nope. of the semantics of that. Really that, shouldn't. That old, that old seesaw. Chestnut. Uh, we don't need that. So, yeah, it's definitely the upside-down tea That's arrangement. Right. So, for example, a one, the worst beer or the worst thing that someone next to me, up, down, left, right, could eat during a movie, uh, nachos. 
I love a movie theater nacho. Don't get me wrong. Um, that, that So this is a double standard you have. Well, I love a nacho, but I don't eat nachos in a theater because I think it's rude. So I can both accept that the cheese-like product, which comes out of a hot bag into a plastic container, uh, and salty-ass tortilla chips are great. But please do not eat them next to me during a movie because the, I did not pay to hear you crunch loudly for two hours. So you're also abstaining from the nachos as well. That's exactly so right. So you ascribe to the strawberry and ethical system. I do. Of <laughs> I do. I do not. One time I ate a salad in a the movie. The reciprocity system. And I as felt outlined horrible. What does next truly mean? That's exactly right. The nacho paradox. I don't think that I, I owe the people around me. Similar consideration. Yes. So nachos, I've read your dissertation on this topic. Thank We're you. Yes, yeah. someone did. Um, nachos are a hard one. Please do not eat nachos next to me whilst watching a movie. A two. Now, this one's a little bit tougher because, again, I love these, but um, call them junior mints or really just any of the boxed candies. Boxed candy, candies are not loud in and of themselves. It's what people do with boxed candy. It's the pouring. It's the pouring. The nerd sound. Inevitably, people who have boxed candies during a movie shake the box around. They pour the candy into their mouth, making a rattling noise as if they are children who have just experienced kinetic motion for the first time. In my defense, when I get snow caps at a movie theater, you're just going to hear that sound once. That's right. And then it's going to swirl away I, as uh, I shotgun that whole box. Totally reasonable. <laughs> totally reasonable. And again... Then you go into a diabetic coma at the end, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah okay. I mean, that's what movies are for. They're just, yeah, um, pre-hospital visits. Uh, I appreciate a junior mint. I appreciate... I ascribe to the Nietzschean nihilism school of... You know, movie theater. I feel like the ethics mapping here is strong. Mm -hmm. Um, So, great. Love them. Do it before the film. Do it after the film. Buy them. Put them in your purse. Take them home. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear that shit rattling around. So, those are the worst. Okay? Now, we're at a three. Um, A totally run-of-the-mill, what you would expect beer. And in this way, popcorn is like the ultimate three on this rating scale. Is it loud? Is it crunchy? Is it annoying? Yes. Frankly, does it have a scent factor sometimes that I'm not crazy about? It is. But it's expected. You go to the theater knowing that popcorn noises are going to happen. I like how the seminal movie theater experience for you is just poking above barely tolerable. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what makes the Alamo Drafthouse that much more incredible, <clears throat> that it doesn't feel like, you know, the seminal movie experience on an average. So popcorn, not crazy about it, hate listening to it, but I know what I'm getting into and I've at least, I, I, I've taken the piss. I bought a ticket knowing that I'm about to deal with that. Now we're getting to the good stuff. The stuff that if you're going to have food around me while we're watching a film, great, good for you. A four here is Twizzlers, all right? Double whammy. A, phenomenal. Twizzlers are just fucking great. They're disgusting. One of the best candies. They are good. I, I One of the best candies. I hate all of you. Yeah, it's so weird that you don't like a Twizzler because they're objectively good. They're they, really good. They gross. are. It's licorice. Bull. Good licorice. It is good licorice. licorice. Bad it's licorice. Not black licorice. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or those like pull and peel or sun, me- menthol. Yeah. <laughs> or menthol. Um, here's the cool thing about Twizzlers. Um, sometimes the bag makes a little bit of a noise, but good Twizzler eaters know that you rip the bag, not from the top, but you rip the bag from the side. So it's laying open like a folder and then you're just peeling Twizzlers off of a pie. Ah, yes. The performative element. That's exactly right. There's not not a lot of noise. Not a lot of noise. You're not considering the thing in and of itself. No. And honestly, right. Yeah. Maybe you're sitting next to somebody generous who wants you to piercing. I've never experienced that. I've never had if Yeah. Oh, you only hear the bag ruffle with the Twizzler. No, that's why actually, uh, uh, for me, those kind of candies are a one because people always make a lot of noise oh. with those wrappers. Well, yeah. See, you just got to do it right. Well, and it, it's not up to me. Well, it, that's true. It could be. You could just tell them, bring scissors to a theater and just cut open Twizzler bags for the people around you. Uh, then five. I'm making their experience a one because then I'm the weirdo with scissors. Mm, maybe. 
Maybe. You don't know what they're into, man. Don't be shame. Uh, okay, five. Uh, totally acceptable. Never going to hear it. Not even know about it. It's a hot dog, man. So fucking bizarre to me. It's a hot... You're just what? never going to no. hear it. No. Like, there's no sound that eating a hot you dog... You just mentioned scent is a factor. How is a scent... I don't mind a good hot dog scent. Oh, no. Yeah, actually, I kind of like it. It makes me hungry. Even with all, any of the toppings. Well, people good. make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we've covered that above. But, but there's no sound. Um, you take it out of a bag one time, so you're not going to get any packaging effects. And frankly, I mean, people eat hot dogs pretty quickly. So we're talking about a minimal amount of time commitment here. This for is the not people. a five. No, it's a hard five. It's the hardest. Of, a as, corn dog as a would fat man, I would never eat a hot dog in public in general, but especially <laughs> in a theater. What about in the dark? Because then I will be the guy who eats a hot dog in a theater and... I, I will People be eat visually, all kinds of weird shit. Visually the disgusting exactly right. to everyone around. It's me. exactly. It's well, in the dark. You're yeah. not the visual. Right. I don't think. I don't think we're taking that into consideration, Ross. Okay. We're in the upside down T. <laughs> the only person who gets out of the visual is the behind. These two, they're they're in the periphery, and one of them is horking down a hot dog. <laughs> but I'm okay with that because it's a silent hork. That's the bit here. It's, what? it's not bothering. Nothing me. about a hot dog is silent. I've never turned. There's m- too many condiments every time. There's dripping. Ketchup isn't a loud condiment. That light is going to come on. Is really like a milkshake uh, from the album. No, because people slurp. Mm. The hot dog is the nacho problem without the crunch. That's the nacho problem, man. But there's other nacho problems. Like the light comes on and the person is covered in a shameful drizzle of cheese. I'm not. Like, why are you worried? It's nacho problem. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> How did this get worse? Can we? Should we just redo this whole thing? Wait, no. And, and I don't mean just this rating system. I mean like the idea of this podcast, <laughs> like as as a foundational premise. The listeners love that. Thought. We're gonna get a. Beer. Well, I'm real excited to get a beer that is good and have to call it a hot dog. Me too, honestly. <laughs> Caleb, this uh, this first beer that you get to use this frankly brilliant rating system for, what is it? It is Golden Road Brewings Melon Cart Watermelon Wheat Ale with Honeydew and Cantaloupe. You just dislike fruit wow. a lot. I don't dislike fruit a lot. I dislike melons intensely. They are the ellipses of fruit. They are the... Yeah, I, was ha- I was making a fruit salad What's and ran out of ideas. Wow. Jesus. Like, uh, let me just trail off by throwing a shit ton what of What if you're quoting out. a very large part of the text? You want to skip part of it. That's a useful... Well, to be fair, I think that only contributes to his argument that you yeah. were making a fruit salad and then you wanted to skip I've often considered skipping things salad. you say by chucking a melon at you, so <laughs> yeah. noted. It does have its uses, producer Ross. I do like the can for what it's worth. It's a, it's a lively colored, um, interestingly <clears throat> contrasting reds and greens and yeah yeah uh these golden road cans are quite beautiful so yeah, yeah. i'm gonna get in there and give Where it a shot golden road from funky i would say i don't know someone's gonna have to look that up googling it all right well take a sip while we do the research so we can find out if it's uh made in a town known for you know los angeles yeah that's yeah, not bad uh it's got like someone dissolved a jolly rancher in my boulevard that's not bad yeah that's but I'm not wild about a Jolly Rancher, but okay. it's it's okay. Yeah, uh, it's not offensive by any means. Um, you can definitely taste the melon in it and in the back end, but it's not up front. It's not super sweet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely still a wheat ale, but mm-hmm. it sort of hits you in the back of the throat with the sort of fruit Jolly Rancher. I remember aftertaste. wheat ales are kind of average for you. Yeah, but I, I actually find <laughs> the melon to kind of be refreshing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it would be uh, nice on a hot day. So I'll give it a I'll give it a three. That's a popcorn. That's for a me. popcorn. You know what? It, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Um, like when you go to very fancy places and um, you know they've soaked water, they, they've soaked cucumbers in water, and now they're pouring you oh, cucumber yeah, yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it is that degree of flavor. Right, it's like that intensity. The Lacroix. Yeah. The LaCroix. Th- that has more flavor than a LaCroix. Let's okay. just call yeah, the everything <laughs> does. Yeah. That, my saliva has more flavor. I believe that there actually probably was a melon involved in this process, not the conversation about a melon. <laughs> yeah. As a LaCroix fan, <clears throat> I own that. Um, Caleb Warner dissecting your fun. What uh, what are we talking about? Uh, Lee Van Syke suggests to us that uh, board game playlists, a series of games following a theme or a narrative. So he brought up Eleventies, Little Drop of Poison, Antidote. Uh, we're doing quite a bit of this during our monthly Best of Luck Tabletop Tutor, yeah. uh, where we meet at Best of Luck, a bar that is has no right to exist in Springfield. Just it's just phenomenal. too cool with the best tap line in town. Uh, and they let us hang out there for reasons that are still beyond me. Don't know why. Um, and so we offer to teach people games. And so what we've been sort of doing is uh, sort of curating them around themes. So our first one was really just uh, good onboarding games. Yeah, that's like, right. Good first board games for people. Right. Uh, and we're going to do dexterity games uh, uh, next week. Right. So we're going to do um, various levels of it between, you know, animal upon animal and uh, catch the moon, super easy stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you have more intense stuff like Tokyo Highway. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to show people like how deep this rabbit hole can go with uh, SEAL Team Flicks. Very deep. Which is like flick them up if you were also playing Ghost Recon. Um, so it was an oddly deep dexterity yeah. game. Uh, but yeah, it, it's sort of fun to be like, how do you want to curate it? Do you want to curate based on theme? Right. Or do you want to curate based on mechanic? Yeah. Which and is interesting. I think there's one other consideration here too, which is kind of what we've been doing at this Tabletop Tutor event, mm-hmm. which is curating by audience. Um, and so part of the first question for me is, um, for whom is the board game night? Yeah. Uh, and so our, our, our premise around Tabletop Tutor, this event at Best of Luck Beer Hall, um, has been... You know, um, you and I talk about board games with a lot of people now, um, and I've been talking with uh, a lot of young professionals about board games who, you know, spend all day working, go home to their families, and then are interested in playing a board game that isn't Monopoly, but they don't know where to start, and it feels like a bit of a high-risk engagement to go to, like, um, metagames and just sit down and start playing board games with people, which I totally get. I mean, that's a big leap. Um, So... You know, th- these evenings are for people who want to get into board gaming or a little bit more into board gaming, and they don't really know where to start. And mm-hmm. so par- part of our consideration there has been audience. And because audience has been a part of our consideration, it seemed like mechanic has been a better way of theming early as compared to theme. So for me, theme sits on top of mechanic, right? Um, yeah, and I actually wouldn't use it mechanic uh, with a specific group of people that are already into the board game space. Right. Because if you don't like the mechanic, you're out of luck. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you don't like a theme, you can go to a different game. And right. like, I, I know very few people who are like completely anti-theme, except for a few, very few exceptions. Right. Uh, but uh, the mechanic thing works better if you're onboarding people. Yeah. Because then they can get an idea of how it works and get a better, broader spectrum view of the board game space. Yep. And see what they're into. Uh, but I think a theme might be better to go if you're going to curate for a group of people 
Absolutely. That are more uh, aficionados. Absolutely. And and we've got good firsthand evidence of this. So like, for example, um, at the first Tabletop Tutor event, we had good turnout, like 25 to 27 people, I think, which is a great evening. Um, and some close friends of the podcast, Joe Donahue in particular, he really liked King of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd not played King of Tokyo before, but he liked the kind of like Yahtzee style mechanic. He liked that it was light and he could get his kids into it probably pretty easily. And so in conversations around how much he liked King of Tokyo... Um, we then started talking about, okay, what other kind of like light leveled up versions of games make sense for your kids now, yeah. right? So like, yeah, this has a Yahtzee mechanic. Okay, cool. That's easy to understand. Um, Machi Koro would be then another, it's like Monopoly. It has a dice rolling mechanic. It's just a lot better than Monopoly. So we were able to have a conversation around how do we take mechanics and just make them a little bit better as mm-hmm. games. Alternatively, um, Chase Heilman, friend of the podcast, played uh, Ganshon Clever. Yeah. And absolutely loved it. Had never played a roll and write before. And so he then started asking me, like, okay. Yeah, so we I'll, definitely need to have a roll and write night. Yeah, that's for sure. Be the new hotness. You know, what other roll and writes or flip and writes, you know, now that we're like welcome to, et cetera, make sense for me or what others can I find in the world? Because he'd not, he'd not encountered that mechanic before. So for me, mechanic A gets you exposure to, um, you know, kind of like what board games can do, which I think is the, the important bit. Mm-hmm. And B, um, once you find a mechanic you like, there are an infinite number of themes that you can map onto that thing and, and what feel like an infinite number of games that you can go to find, do more things like that. Well, now that I think about it, because we're talking things out here, um, I think another thing that we're maybe missing is that <clears throat> context is very important because a roll and write would be very interesting as a mechanic to show people. Right. I'm not sure it'd be the best game night because oh, we're yeah. at a bar. Yeah. And roller rights is pretty much you are in your own head playing your own game. So it was not. Uh, so it, we might need something with more player interaction. It was not a planned move to have gone shown clever there. But Rick Bagwell of the Banana podcast and the four and seven gamers always brings just a great amount of games to these events because mm-hmm. he's awesome like that. And yeah. he's such a good ambassador for for the, the hobby. And um Rick and I have talked about gone shown clever at length. He's the one who got me into the app, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, he bought the board version, the boxed version, and I'd been wanting to play it with him for a long time. So he brought it knowing that I'd be there and maybe we'd have some time. So I do think that, you know, it was not our original intent to introduce people to board games yeah. at a certain level with a Roland right. What stunned me is that it actually was kind of easy to do that. And Chase has some board game experience. Yeah, yeah. And so Roland Wright kind of like, to, he took to it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that the bar setting, I think, also means playing more social games. Stuff, yeah. Um, so like, like when we do worker placement, I'm not going to be face to vote. Like, no. Yeah. We need yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Tamp that down. Yeah. Uh, that, that, and that, I, th- I think you're right. I'd, I'd not thought about that, but context or environment is also pretty important. I mean, if you're playing at your kitchen table, do whatever the fuck you want. But, but yeah, I mean, we are playing at a bar. It's a social event. Um, best of luck is kind enough to do, you know, entire like beer and drink specials for us for the evening. So, you know, part of the bit there is we want people to drink. We want them to spend money at the bar that that's what we're giving back to best of luck for them hosting us. And so, yeah, we do want things with more interactivity, um, concept, Pantone. I, we'll probably do like an abstract evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think those games are going to be great for it um, because they require a lot of interaction and a lot of discussion. Uh, one last thing I would suggest is consider not just your... So you decide whether it's theme or mechanic and you sort of fit it for the context of the space. Yeah. Uh, I think you should also have a scaffold, a variety of investment levels. Mm, mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So like... Um, if we do a science theme night, yeah. Antidote would probably be like a middling themed science game. Right. But like if I brought like a subatomic or like Alchemist as yeah. a deduction game, Definitely. Like that is a heavier load. 
I wouldn't just select everything that has that mechanic in your setting or everything that has that theme. Right. Make sure you have a variety of buy-in. That's what we're doing. Like dexterity games. (coughs) Pardon me. Seal Team Flicks is going to be a nightmare to set up in there. But I want to show that the upper right. level of yep. a dexterity game where like junk art in Tokyo highway is going to be about mid tier for a dexterity. Yeah. And we're going to have catch the moon and animal upon animal, which you can play with four year olds. Yeah. I want to show like the, Hey, yeah, definitely. There's some range here. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're a heroin addict. Now you don't need gateway drugs. What, what's the next big hit that's going to do it for you. And then I want to be the guy with like seal team flick. It's like, okay, operator, you got to bank off this wall mm-hmm. and hit the, like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that kind of I stuff. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hope that helps. Um, good luck on curating your board game nights. And if any of you are ever in Springfield of a Wednesday evening, Typically, the second or third Wednesday of the month, be sure to stop by Best of Luck Beer Hall. Hell, stop by there anyway. Just whether Literally we're there whenever. or not, just go yeah. drink. Just go it's to Best of Luck Beer nice Hall bar. Yeah. and drink the beers. Um, <clears throat> speaking of beer, I'm going to grab one, and we'll be right back. Spencer, what are you drinking? Uh, from the Odell Brewing Company, which I feel like we've not had any of their stuff in a long time. It's been a bit. Yeah. Um, this is Freak. It's their Raspberry and Chower sa- Cherry Sour Ale. F-R-I-E-K. I screwed up so many words there. Yeah. It's the ambergris. It's still, it's still getting to me. <laughs> Eating my brain. Um, this is part of their Cellar Series from 2018. Really gorgeous bottle. Yeah. I mean, they're going for it here. Now I'm going to go for it. Lovely... Uh, Bottle wrapper at the top, real good. News. Yeah, just made a little un- harder to unnecessary, open the bottle. Yeah, yeah, but it's a nice little silvery Odell <laughs> leaf on top. <clears throat> yeah, it's very good. Let me get in there. Um, that's um very sour. Typically, a big fan of raspberry and cherry sours. Whoo! Yes, it is. It's muy tart. Muy um, yes. uh, There's ah. a lot, a lot in there. Here's one other thing. Ooh, you can just smell those. You, you really, it's it's on the nose. Here's um, that beer is this, is this is a very weird thing to say. It's a four for me. I, mean, I agree. I think which that's is perfect. Twizzlers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a five because it's too thin. It it has the consistency of like a bush light almost, but the taste of a very tart beer. And I typically think there needs to be a little more viscosity to a beer of this much heft. For me, it sort of transitions a little too suddenly mm. uh, from the raspberry to the cherry. Like, it's a very um, sharp transition between it those is. two flavors and intensity. A lot of cherry on the end there. Uh, a lot of cherry on the end, back of the throat. Um, yeah. I like it quite a bit, though. I would drink that. I would definitely drink more of this. And I think if it were either a little bit colder or um, on a tap, uh, I would yeah. probably, this would probably yeah. be a five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just a question. It's definitely a recommend. Yeah. Hard recommend. Not the hardest recommend. It's a four. Um, we're trying something new. Yeah. So I'm going to let you pitch the bit and then I'm going to pitch you my modification of the bit and then we'll do the actual stuff. So I listen to a lot of podcasts cause I drive a whole lot, uh, but summer's coming up and thankfully I will be not listening to podcasts and rediscovering music again and free time. Um, but one of the things I hear a lot of in podcasts is ads. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very glad we don't do them. Right. We do I'm not. Very glad we don't do them for multiple reasons. Um, but are you glad we don't do them? Let's make sure that you're <laughs> very happy we don't do ads. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just said why we don't sell ads is right. the name of the segment. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know if that's a good name or not. So or... I've got some name suggestions because the bit here is we're all going to pitch each other different companies and then we have to do those you, ads. Yeah, you give someone a company and then you have to do the podcast ad for it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So here's my thinking. Really what we're doing here is just like some some marketing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, bad marketing. And so I thought, okay, um, so really it's like our own version of Mad Men. Um, but none of us are anywhere near whatever that is. So I want to name the bit. Right, yeah. So I want to name the bit. I did steal my identity from a dead Korean war hero, but other than that. Other than that part. (laughs) So we could name name this segment uh, Bad Men. We could name this segment Rad Men. I'm not very. I I have never been on a skateboard. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so or not inline that. skate. Didn't we, you play Scott one time? What? Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. You're, you're a fan of Scott. Right. Scott's not rad. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Tell That's that to different. Scott. Yeah. Uh, so variations on a theme: generally apathetic people, which is probably the description of us as madmen. Okay. So I'm trying here. We could just go straight old school. The mixed six marketing co. Which I kind of like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's straight into the point. Yeah. Or as someone who works in, a, in the marketing industry, I encounter so many agencies who seemingly have just made up words, and that's now the name of their marketing agency. So I thought uh, we could also just call this bit Innervium, <laughs> which is a made-up <laughs> word that sounds like other words that aren't great. Consult your doctor before taking Innervium. Yeah, exactly, right? And so and so then we could just do I a I like whole... that one. It sounds like I'm a annoying you innervium yeah yeah exactly oh, man he's really innerviating the yeah. Hell yeah out of me right that's ex- okay so from now on this segment, i hardly even know him this seg- oh god <laughs> never mind yeah, and it's gone back it's out of gone it. that back quickly. out of it just move on uh from now on we'll we'll call this bit innervium uh if we add it to future polls just know that innervium means we'll be doing uh marketing things film marketing things mm-hmm. having said that um Here's, here's how we've done this. Each of us is going to pick someone else at the table and give them a, an actual company, mm-hmm. and then that person has to, on the spot, make an ad for that company. Now, yeah. here's the thing. Are we trying to make... I, I need clarity before I start talking out of my ass. <laughs> are we trying to make a good ad? Like, are we trying to actively sell the thing? Or are we trying to, like, make an ad for that thing that adequately represents the thing to Well, us? you just have to read the copy of the okay. company that paid us. We oh. don't really get the choice okay, that's of, fine. of what's on it. That's fine, then. Okay. We are but tools of capitalism. At this in, at, at Innervium. <laughs> at Innervium. We do what you please. <laughs> Side um, effects could include. Yeah. Okay, so... Taste uh, of hamburgers. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's still in there. Um, Caleb... You're going to pitch to Ross a company first. All right, Ross, are you ready? I guess. All right, producer Ross. Uh, you know, they're having some trouble online, so mm-hmm. they know that the the kids these days like podcasts. Yeah. Uh, so Delta Airlines has <laughs> sponsored us this week. All right. Uh, what does Delta Airlines have for you to say here <laughs> okay. in, our, in our ad segment? Um, so... <laughs> Uh, By the way, if you didn't see this, yeah. they have now put out anti-union ads saying that uh, right. a board, uh, uh, like a, a, video, game a video game, costs seven hundred dollars. Isn't that a better thing for you? You yeah. can do so. Um, at Delta, we love flying and we hate unions. <laughs> really, just does what it says. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> um, use the code. Um, mix six scab, uh, mixed scab, uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, to get 20% off, uh, your, uh, 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 fee for your first month at, uh, Delta Fi, which is our streaming service, which streams frequent flyer miles to you and anti-union ads. 
So just watching John Wick on a plane. <laughs> the the chosen airline for Pinkertons. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, is that we, enough? Do I need to keep no, going? No, it feels right. I mean, no, I like it. I yeah. want to play too. Uh, we at Delta uh, follow the example of John Wright, the little known Wright brother, who covered his biplane in lantern oil and flew it into a farming co-op. <laughs> Uh, Delta is not about family. It's about individuals pursuing their rational self-interest. <laughs> yeah. It really has been a, an absolute <laughs> shit show for them. I, I feel like we could spend the whole time just talking about the massive mistakes that Delta that, that was dog. I heard you like video games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feeling cute. Don't. Might don't, not like unions later. Union fees. Delta. Could be used to buy video games instead of getting higher wages, <laughs> which is totally different. <laughs> Than the union fees. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Ross. Now you have to pitch me a company. Okay. Uh, Urban Outfitters. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I might. I might hate you for joking about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, How about a, I can give you a specific idea for a product to pitch? Okay. Urban Outfitters loot boxes. Oh my oh. god. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, that's you know that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know what to call it. Hitbox. Uh, <laughs> do you remember liking Weezer? <laughs> but not good Weezer. Like make-believe Weezer. Are you too small to fit into most clothes, but just big enough to fit in children's clothes? <laughs> do you have so much extra cash and an excessive amount of snark that you don't know what to do with? Try Urban Outfitters Loot Box. For dicks. <laughs> What's the coupon code? Uh, Ooh, that's a good way. Because we're, we're, we're That's a good way to end one. Right, yeah, yeah, we have to. Uh, uh, go to urbanoutfitters.com. Use the promo code so over it <laughs> for 20% off your next order. <laughs> yeah. That feels right. Yeah. yeah. That feels right. It's pretty good. All right. Uh, Caleb, you ready? Yeah. And I, I've gone with a stalwart of podcast advertisements. Oh, here. okay. I mean, the one that you know you get to skip coming up in 15 seconds when <laughs> okay. they say, have you? Um, indeed. Indeed? Yeah. yeah. What is that even for? Uh, I don't hear that one. Uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Indeed for uh, for employers? That's where you like post jobs? Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find find the right what job podcast? candidate. Yeah. You can see what difference is in what kind of podcast you listen to. Yeah, seriously. To. Yeah. Whew, man. So... Uh, it's not square space or a mattress. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, man. Is LinkedIn just too effective? <laughs> <laughs> Are you suffering from having too many qualified applicants? Flood your inbox <laughs> because of LinkedIn's hyper successful platform. We here at Indeed know how you suffer, and we're here to solve that problem. Uh, we have uh, inserted ourselves into the business world with podcasts, which are known for successful people on the go. <laughs> and uh, we he- we're here to give you a, a middling service uh, by giving you people on the internet and their resumes. Now, why can't email do this, you ask? It can and probably already does. But we're also here. Yeah. And you could give us money. Um <laughs> That's text text bad choice and get 20% off your purchase of other people's resumes. God, that's so or, or the coupon code, <laughs> I'd like to add you to my professional network on Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> All caps. Yeah. No spaces. 
Um, yeah, I would say uh, I would say Inervium's got something here. Mm-hmm. I think I think we could probably take this to investors. Yeah, I mean, IPO's not, opening up. Not hot. We're only four billion well, in debt. I think if we <laughs> yeah. do future segments, we should like like do one company each. Figure out the the entire marketing plan for. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Oh, a whole strategy. Yeah, whole strategy. Uh, we'll take suggestions from listeners. Yes, we could do Inervium suggestions. Do. We're going to need a logo. We're going to need an Inervium <laughs> brand. Um, that's on you you're the professional there yeah like, you definitely need to get some pay for some stock photos of like a sad woman touching a wall or uh, or like people sitting around a table like you know like really planning yeah like, can we make some... a website and it's just like a woman eating a salad and it's like a nervy laughing like laughing eating a salad yeah, yeah. we can yeah are we mm-hmm. doing this it feels like we should do this <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, here's here's the real challenge. We make an Inervium website. We do the bit, right? Like we we do we put we do some SEO. I mean, we mm-hmm. do, and then we wait and see if we get any actual contacts. <laughs> you know what we should do? Like, not do any of it ourselves at all, but find the cheapest bidder for every single service on Fiverr <laughs> and accept their first results. All we do is write like, it's like a website from 1998. It's yeah. got an animated wallpaper. Inervium. No, like we can have listeners add in, like set up a form for listeners to add in things about what a Nervium is. Mm-hmm. We copy all of it, mm-hmm. send it to these <laughs> freelancers, and we pay the cheapest person for a logo, for a website, and for a marketing plan. For less than $37, we yeah. started a company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we just see what we get. Oh, man. I kind of like that idea. I, I think I have a non compete uh, because of my job, but Jared might. Let me add it. To hey, this. don't worry, we're not going to compete. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that won't be a problem. Let's just see what the the the, the cheap best cheapest people on Fiverr can do for us. I love this. Um, we'll see you next time on Inervium, uh, the podcast. Okay, uh, more beer, and we'll be right back with your number one vote getter from this week, Humanities Fight. What's this? Uh, what's this beer? I am going to drink from Left Hand Brewing Company, the Death Before Disco Porter. You like a porter? I like a porter. I love disco, so well, I'm a little angry about the name. So I'm I'm torn here. Are you angry because you wouldn't want to die before disco? No, not at all. Death after disco, yeah. would be preferable. I'm I'm very glad that I yeah, disco's good. Have disco. I'm pro disco. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. There's a subgenre of vaporwave called future funk. God is damn it, very Ross. Disco there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it it's, uh, also incorporates uh, Japanese pop music and uh, disco music from the 70s and 80s. And Nervium does not do vaporwave stuff. Just <laughs> unless that's the lowest bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nervium always does the lowest yeah, bit. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is a porter. Mm. So three. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I have nothing Popcorn. other to say about right. it. It yeah. is kind of smoky but not in an interesting way. It's a little watery. I was going to say too thin, too thick. Where yeah, it's are we a little on? thin. Yeah. Uh, I'm not crazy about a porter in a can no, most of the time. A, a watery porter is just... Ugh. But it's not offensive. Um, Therefore, it's, it's not boxed candy or nachos. Let's not forget quality rating system. And it's no... Twizzlers. It's sitting next to a man eating a hot dog? That's exactly right. Oh, my God. Doesn't have to be a man. Doesn't have to be a man. You're at all. right. You're, you're right. really bothered by that. It's, yeah. it's such. It's like the grossest food to eat, and you're just like, yeah, that. I, I want to sit next to that guy. It's uh, it's silent. trade me seats. Death by silence. The guy covered in black <laughs> olives and jalapenos, and who puts a black olive <laughs> on, on a, a hot dog? Fucking gross people yeah. that eat hot dogs. I don't think they even offer that as a as a topic. Your worst case scenario hot dog theater. person is very concerning to me. And as someone who's literally thought of worst case scenario hot dogs and done a whole rating system around that, not even I have had this level <laughs> well, of they have stress. sauerkraut on it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's disgusting. Don't do that. And you've just invited that into your life for the yeah, five. I feel like most respectable movie theaters wouldn't serve sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Hmm, solves that problem. I feel uh, this is a weird movie. Theater. I don't even think the Alamo does that. No, they don't, because they know what's up. Yeah. Hey, we're into Humanities Fight, which was your number one vote getter. And Laura B. has quite a suggestion. What are we talking about? Uh, so Laura B. suggests, how would you set up an education system for children with superpowers? Uh, so I picked this question because Sky High is, is a one brilliant of the best film. Movies. Uh, but she goes on: Are classes for power children separate from classes for underpowered? Is it compulsory if you have a power you have to attend the system? Uh, when do you switch over? Is the answer different for children without combat capable powers? Can superpowered children be homeschooled? What do you do about the children of supervillains? There's so many excellent questions in this um, <clears throat> that allow me to talk about how fucked up education law is so i just kind of want you guys to design it and then i'll explain why if we had our current educational system that would be probably horrendously illegal or super ineffective (laughs) seems fair seems fair um okay so uh would i set up classes for powered children that are separate for classes um with 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 kids without powers um some i think the important thing here is there needs to be a lot of overlap And then at various times, you go to specialty classes for students with specialty interests or skills, etc. So you're engaging in curriculum tracking then, you monster. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're regulating unpowered kids to unpowered classes where they languish without the best teachers. Right. And you're creating a hierarchy in the school. They may not be the best teachers. My lawsuit is in the mail. They may not be the best teachers. They're just the teachers with the most experience for having superpowers. (laughs) I think that's important here. I think that's very important. In fact, I might suggest that a teacher with superpowers may not be a great teacher because, and I mean no disrespect to the teaching as an industry, as a former teacher, but if I had a superpower... I wouldn't fucking be a teacher. Um, <laughs> I, I would do anything else that allowed me to use my superpower unless my superpower was, and God, this would be disappointing, <laughs> teaching. So, no, I don't know that these people have probably developed the necessary skills to facilitate a classroom. And as you have pointed out a number of times, classroom management is one of the most important mm-hmm. skills a good teacher has. And I'm just not sure if I'm flying around fucking Springtown all day because I can literally fly. I've taken the time to learn how to manage a classroom. So, so I don't know. Fun education talk. Uh, the problem with superpowers in a school would be a macro example of a problem that exists today in that differentiation is needed and required, but there is something called the zone of proximal development from old Vygotsky over there in the Soviets. Uh, and Vygotsky said that there is an element above and below where you are currently at in your learning in which doing work in that area will increase your learning. Obviously, if you're doing work below it, you're just working on mastery, but it will bring you up a little bit. There's a zone above it. But if you go too far above it, if you're like a really good at chemistry and suddenly you jump into quantum physics, you're out of your zone of proximal development and it's just gibberish to you. So you're supposed to differentiate in a classroom, but if the gaps are too big, the students are not anywhere in the zone of proximal development, and so it becomes a scarcity issue. You have one teacher or so many teachers and so many kids. Right. Uh, you've got to get around to them. And so the bigger your gaps, the uh, larger you're in trouble with. And this is often seen in schools because there is a literal gap. The least occupied place in a school is B's and C's. There, it is not a uh, bell curve like everyone would like to see. It is a valley. Mm -hmm. You will have kids who have so far behind, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then you'll have kids who are so far above. So Mm -hmm. this superhero classroom would be 
a, a macrocosm mm-hmm. of the, of the world we have today because you know if you've got Charles Xavier mm-hmm. next to like Stevie like God bless Stevie he, does, he tries his hardest but he's not literally telepathic and so like you would have a lot of trouble with that however when you start sorting those kids mm-hmm. for the scarcity problem right of uh, the zone of proximal development, you get the tracking curriculum, which is just like, oh, he's in the slow class, the stuff of right. terrors in the 50s, 60s, 70s education system. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was horribly abused, too, and right. used to make right. children better. But at the same time, if you don't do that, you're basically crippled right. in a classroom that doesn't have, has that big of a heterogeneous mix. Right. So, so I, th- I think what you're saying is, while I've backed into a terrible system, I may have backed into the most effective You've backed system. into our terrible system. Bingo, yes, bingo. You're welcome, Betsy. <laughs> you can use that one for the future, monster. Um, there won't be schools at a Betsy Davos future. Don't worry really about it. really won't. They'll just work for Blackwater. Um, okay. Is it compulsory? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no here. It's mm. not compulsory. I know there's a risk there. But I know there's a risk with making it compulsory. There's a serious risk there. Yeah. So I'm going to say no. It's not compulsory. Oh, man. I'd like... That's the purpose of a public education system, though. But, uh, it's but enculturation. I think, I think the education bit is compulsory, but I think the you have a power, therefore you also have to have learning specifically applied to oh, that Oh, so you power. opt in and out of classes, yeah. but you do have to go to school. Go so to school. it's still compulsory schooling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Compulsory schooling, not compulsory mandatory that you take classes specific to your ability. But what if your uh, public superhero school isn't meeting my child's needs? Can I homeschool them? Sure. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. There we go. That's how you get supervillains. You want supervillains? That's how you get them. I mean, it feels like there's at least some gap between homeschooling and supervillain. It's just one thing I want to say. You say that yeah. until, like, right. you look at one of those fucking Turning Point USA kids. Like, <laughs> you keep them locked in a basement and fed on fucking QAnon for their entire life, and you kick them out to be in college. Problems occur. I don't, I'm, I'm very glad none of those people have laser eyes, is what I'm saying. Sure. I'm often thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Relevant pitch for Brightburn, by the way, probably in theaters near you soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I understand here, and I, I, would not, I would not homeschool children if I had them. Um, uh, but I, this is not a general anti-homeschooling thing, but no. like homeschooling can go wrong. And if it yeah. goes wrong and you are sure. indestructible. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Well, that would be my concern is like, well, I mean, the first off, the point is like, if superhumans existed, there would be, there would create a new field of law to like, and legal theory to describe them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Much taller than tree law. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it would, it, uh, right. yeah. Um, I mean, as great as tree law is. Yeah. And don't you dare disrespect it. Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, right. Arbor uh, Oak and Elm, yeah. attorneys at law. Yeah. Uh, the Lorax will take your case. Yeah. Uh, he will speak for the trees. Uh, this has gone on too long. <laughs> uh, but I would say my only concern would be like making sure that the kids can use their powers without accidentally killing someone. So like some sort of like free education course so that the kids can learn how not to accidentally laser eye someone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that those things are important. Yeah. But I think those things are as important course. as like a lot of the safety courses or general wherewithal that we should probably be teaching anyways. Now, here's a question that Laura leaves out that I find infinitely fascinating, which is what do we do about intercollegiate interscholastic sports? Ooh, so, yeah. do they have different sports Title IX is going to be a problem. Right. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'd be a new field of law. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> not just new field of law, but I mean, like, are we making multiple leagues? So, you know, is fucking Springfield High School, you know, do we have, like, the 
regular basketball team and then the like maybe don't go to the gym you know what like maybe maybe we need to build a gym like well, there's also team. like <laughs> if your power isn't useful for sports like you like there should be some way to like oh you can just turn <laughs> oh no i thought we were going to the gym this is the danger room yeah, yeah. that's exactly right it's <laughs> a bunch of middle school kids ah! like, yeah yeah flamethrowing that's, robots that's what i'm curious them. about do we have competitive events <laughs> but like your ability to fly wouldn't necessarily help you do like with shot put you know like uh so well sure but i mean that yeah. you know the the, the same applies for wings. like yeah, if you're yeah. yeah i mean if you have like a weak arm you shouldn't be a shot putter you yeah. know what i mean like right not a, not a shot putter you know angel from the x-men wants to do shot put like I right mean, he should be allowed well, he's, he's obviously a high jumper yeah well look i mean he <laughs> should that be, just makes you sense. can't he, he has to go where his heart tells him his heart tells him <laughs> shot he should be allowed to but he also needs to recognize that colossus is going to win that war you know <laughs> well so, I, I mean that's saying should he be in a separate league from colossus because colossus is you know can throw school so buses. okay so like i mean if, title nine really fucked up most schools in america just because they had to acknowledge girls exist I, yeah. I don't know what you're going to do when like you have to acknowledge multiple different species well, no but i do kind of like this uh, i do like this class I mean, in some ways, this is no different than wrestling, right? Like you're in the you're in the 150 to 160 class. You're in yeah. the 120 to 130. So, like, oh, oh you would need like a power rating, yeah, system. So, or right. or, or at least like a, a power classification system, right? So, okay, so your bit is strength. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you're in you're shot putting with the other strength kids. Yeah, you know your your thing is like you you have um, to play so many s- games at threat level omega before you <laughs> varsity letter. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. According you to Mishir, right? <laughs> yeah. your, your thing is like screeching. Yeah. So you can shot put. You're just going to be with the kid who also you know like the human kids. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, because yeah. we're not getting anything here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I think we solved that. <laughs> um, you know, this is a deep this is a deep issue, and uh, the Incredibles uh, has attempted to plunge. Um, these depths. So they but talked about what about the children of supervillains if they're allowed to go, uh, and that brings up uh, the perhaps the darkest comic book series I could imagine. Is there a superpowered child protective services? Because who boy, you thought powers sucked. Uh, if you're an mm. unpowered social worker with nothing but a clipboard and a can-do attitude, having to knock and do an inspection of like the magma layer to make sure they have handrails and shit. Well, uh, I feel like that would super, be like, yeah, that'd be, be fair, a rough job. I'm not sure that a supervillain necessarily lives in a magma layer. I mean, it's really possible that a supervillain yeah, lives Lex next Luger to Ross. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I mean, so, well, I don't know. You don't, do you know your neighbors that well? No. Yeah, but then you're still walking into it. And if, if you're, if you're a social worker and we're paying social worker, modern social worker benefits, right. You're definitely not super powered. You would know. not have that job. Actually, a lot of superheroes are pretty blue collar. Like, look at Spider Man. He could be a social worker. He probably has been at some point. He has been a public educator. He was a high school science teacher. Yeah. See? Yeah. So yeah, he could be uh, tricked into this. Yeah. What? Why? Why are we making an assumption that the social workers aren't superheroes? I mean, they are superheroes in that they're brave. No, I, I just mean, like, don't like, think that they're going to have powers. Or the ability to do anything. <laughs> Maybe they would if that if that public education system was working. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big. I think yeah, Batman should have like drafted more of the Teen Titans into social work. Yes, uh, if he was smart. That's exactly. Batman right. is a sort of superhero social worker in that he <laughs> turns <laughs> orphans into child soldiers. <laughs> they mostly turned out okay, except for the ones who died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. That is the uh, darkest interpretation of Batman I've ever heard. He's basically Coney. And I've read a lot <laughs> of the dark Batman. Yeah. I can't I can't I can't agree to that, man. I cannot agree to that. He's got a better ratio than Coney. I think we he's have got, to Yeah, he's got a higher success rate. Yeah. But well, this was a dumpster fire of a Batman assessment. And so on that note, we're gonna grab another beer and on the other side, it's a fire sale.
Hey, Spencer, what are you drinking? Uh, another one from Six Mile Bridge. We've had quite a few of their beers lately, I feel. Uh, and I do like their cans. Every time I see a Six Mile Bridge can, it's weird. Ross probably really likes it. Um, yeah, it's purple and orange. Yeah. It's very um, geometric. Modern. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of them have been okay, if I remember correctly. So this is the Bavarian Hefeweizen. Not a big Hefe fan. Uh, really? Yeah. They're the, they're the um, like incarnation of meh to me. Oh, yeah. Um, a yeah. resounding, echoing meh. I haven't had many, but they, most of the ones I've had, I've enjoyed. He's drinking. I do still love these Six Mile yeah. Bridge cans, though. Yeah, yeah. They are looking good. They are very stylish. Um, it's probably a little better than meh. Mm. Um, if, if, if I think a meh is three. It's still not escaping the, uh, uh, the gravity well of three. Uh, I don't know. This one might be. Uh, it definitely has oh. a little bit more on the back end. Uh, we've got some more uh, of that kind of like coriander-ish taste, which is not something I've typically been crazy about, but I think it works here. Malty. Um, this might be a... No, it's a three. Yeah, this is a pop. Yeah, yeah. It, it it tried to escape and then it got it sucked, did. But, yeah. It did. It was it was on an escape route. Yeah, uh, it just didn't quite have the. Velocity. But it brought too many movies. It's a three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It, it thrust to weight ratio. It it's couldn't just watch important. two towers. It needed the whole box set. Yeah. Um. Hey, we're into a little fire sale. So not a big fire a sale. A little one. Little guy. Little guy. Just a little fire sale. Um. We have not found a good system for making this trade off thing work. And I think we've done it perfectly every time. Okay. Well, great. Cause here we go again. <laughs> and so I think instead what we do is I, you be all time question asker. You read the question and then don't identify who at the table of the three of us is going to answer it until after you've read the question. So you read the question, you go, I'll take that one. Or you just go, you take that one. Oh, and okay. that way it's a real Russian roulette. So I have a lot of power. Here. We don't know where this is going. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Ken R asks if you could change one thing about tabletop gaming culture, what would it be? And then he just stares. Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to. Okay. You're supposed uh, to choose. I literally explained this uh, very clearly. Spencer. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, uh, tabletop gaming culture. Uh, not as welcoming as it could be. I think that it could be more open. I think it could be more welcoming. I think it could go out of its way to attract uh, all types of different humans. Other thing that I might change, I know he said one. Sorry, Kenar. Uh, it's the movie problem. Uh, I think that tabletop gaming culture does not do a great job of speaking to people who aren't tabletop gamers but want to be. And so that so access, I guess, is probably the the core issue there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would do if I had actual real world power and like could do something in the actual reality of space. But if I could just like snap some people out of existence, I there'd be some creeps who turned into dust in the tabletop gaming industry. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Dylan Craig asks for folks who didn't get to grad school or who sprinted through grad school without taking a broad suite of liberal arts courses. How would you design an adult education crash course to catch them up? And which important thinkers and modules would you include in your dream design? I'll do that one. Okay. I would make a effective filter for YouTube that got rid of crazy right-wing assholes. Wow. Because otherwise, YouTube can be a pretty solid 101 for dummies research resource for a lot of really more complex ideas. Are there any particular people you recommend on there? Uh, philosophy tube, for instance, is very good on a lot of philosophy issues. Wisecrack is not bad at all for a lot of, you know, pop science, pop philosophy things. Um, there are a lot of very good ones who are doing, you know, a lot of 
extremely accessible work. And then there's stuff like Khan Academy and things that are free of that nature. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to type psychology in there and it's going to vomit Jordan Peterson at you in like a high pressure fire hose. So <laughs> if I could design a curriculum, it would be an effective filter for YouTube to get all the fucking Nazis off of it. Because otherwise it would be a pretty useful platform to be at least, hey, I want to watch this thing to get an idea what it is. And then I'll go to the library and I'll have a list. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Keep going. Uh, James, nope. oh no, Sebastian Lindbergh. I only screwed it up twice so far. Uh, what is the creepiest thing nobody have done horror fiction in any medium about? Hmm. I'm the wrong person to ask here. Wait, creepiest thing that nobody has done yet? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So talking about feels it, like a Ross thing. Yeah. Um. Jeez. I can't. I mean, really, every single topic has been approached by horror in something, at least in fiction. Grand uh, Claire. Uh, yeah, written fiction. Yeah. Uh, haywire. Um, <laughs> haywire. Uh, I would say Chernobyl was a thing. Having seen the first episode of that huge... miniseries, I know there's a bunch of stuff on that, but like, yeah. I think it's not like it's not been done, but I think there is a rich vein that is lightly mined in, um, like actual nonfiction historical horror, not like historical fiction like where it's like the witch and yeah. there are actual witches and Abraham, it's historical Lincoln setting. Vampire Slayer. Yeah, not not like that. It, more like this is a thing that actual human beings did to eat actual other human beings. I think there's an enormous vein of horror there cuz um, history is yeah. nightmarish. So I think there's um more of a uh you know, look how awful we are uh-huh. vein that could be explored there. But well, well, well uh one thing that I think is uh well talking about lightly explored, um there's certainly a lot of um things that uh science fiction or that science may be possible that hasn't been really explored uh well enough. And like uh you know, you and I have both written for Eclipse Phase and some of the ideas some of the technologies in Eclipse Phase that if you extrapolated are utterly horrifying, yeah. you know, egos, mm-hmm. uh, cortical stacks, you know, things that are explored that are kind of touched upon a little bit in altered carbon. But like, if you really go into a point where you can edit memories and change personalities or fork people or merge two minds together into mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, Takeshi Kovacs is literally a psychopath, so he doesn't really explore <laughs> the human side of those. Technologies. Right. But if the yeah. stories were to take these yeah. technologies like uh, emerging or nascent technologies um, and certainly like actually uh, a thing that is like how much are we being shaped by the panopticon surveillance mm-hmm. uh, corporate mm-hmm. state, mm-hmm. which is happening right now. Sure. Yes. Our phones are listening to us. I would say, like, just um, like hiking in the woods um, because of all <laughs> that's uh, not actually been done. Pretty, that's right. pretty not well been done. Uh, going to Australia uh, and just like <laughs> hanging out there. Maddie was very upset that I had not watched Wolf Creek. Uh, so yeah. it's a seminal Australian horror film. Yeah, I know. See, I'm good. Uh, clowns seems like something that we haven't really touched. It? Uh, so it? I, I don't know. I Have you seen the to... movie yet? No, I don't know mm. what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, James Slagger asks, "Do you find old?" Do you find your older games you've owned for a while board game just sit on a shelf where newer board games continue to be played? Terraforming Mars has consumed my game night since purchasing this in winter, whereas games like Small World collect dust. Uh, Do you feel guilty not playing a game uh, you've had for a long time? Boy, howdy, have you hit it on the head with pretty much the exact examples I was going to use. I'll play Terraforming Mars like it's going out of style Mm -hmm. or about to be turned illegal. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a while, I lost my copy of Small World and forgot I owned it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Oh, Arkham Horror. Like, I haven't played that in Wouldn't play it anyways. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I'll say this, that a couple of the older games, you know, some of the first games that we got are still our favorite games. And so we don't run into this problem as much. We still play Splendor, you know, like regularly-ish. Um, maybe not as much compared to newer games. Like I'm big on the new hotness. So like heaven and ale or whatever I'm on for that moment. Uh, but we still get some of our older games off the shelf. Uh, yeah, but because... we're, we're having to sell stuff though. Oh we, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, if you can sell it, that's how you solve the guilt. Yeah. Like go make some money at a swap and then use that to buy a new game that you're also excited about. Yep. Definitely. So, um, Laura B asks when counting books read in a year, how do you count rereads in the same year? Are picture or children's books, uh, counted differently. I, I, ace of point, don't reread books generally. Um, I have reread a few um, like leadership organizational development books just to brush up on some concepts. But if I have, it certainly hasn't been in the same year. Uh, so I guess if I were keeping a list of just books that I'd read, I'd probably keep a list of new books, not rereads. Um, not reading a lot of children's books. So if I was, probably wouldn't put them on the list. I, I think that the list uh, would be for a specific thing. I say rereads are okay to count as long as you're not doing it obsessively. Like you're one of the persons who just like finishes Twilight and then goes back to the first one. Twilight, then um, Harry Potter, then Harry Potter, then Twilight. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there yeah. are all those people and they are legion. Um, but as long as you have some sort of new stuff on there, I don't think there's any problem counting it. Uh, and children's board books count for two books, each one, because... A, you're doing the Lord's work of making a child literate, and I cannot thank you enough. And B, you're going to read those eight pages so many times, it's going to be longer than Dune. I like so, that. I like that. Yeah, it counts for times, too. Seems fair. It's a multiplier. Uh, Greg Bennett asks, do you find clutter or messes helpful, or do you have to keep things spotless and put away? It's as if he's not heard the podcast before. Come on, Greg. Or met Spencer. So I'm just going to move on to yep. the next question. Thank you. Uh, Grant from Melbourne asks... Is pronouncing caramel as caramel the same as pronouncing aluminum as aluminium? E.g., it's actually written differently over there compared to the rest of the world. I do not have a standard for the pronunciation of the word caramel slash caramel. I use it variously, however the moment strikes. I've never felt that there is some empirical or objective way to say it. Even though I feel strongly that if you told me, look at the letters, it is obviously caramel or caramel, depending on how you want to interpret that first day, I'd go, yeah, that's probably, that's probably fair to me. Do I think it's the same thing? No, I, I, I don't. Um, it, it doesn't seem to be a um, over here we say caramel, over there you say caramel thing. It's like I could literally walk down Ross Street and ask 10 people to say that word, and I'd get five different responses from both of them. I, yeah. It, it, to me, it's, it's, it's got a Missouri-Missouri thing. Um, it's where you are, how you grew up, and what you've heard. I mean, I do know that um, aluminum is only a British thing. I've never heard any American say that. Uh, it's al- uh, aluminum here, like right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's, that's unified. That's the American thing. So, right. Like that's a different situation. Yeah, caramel and caramel. Like that's that's yeah. I never really I thought about it. I call it soda can metal. Yeah, soda can metal. It's sure. Good. Yeah. It's five cents. That's what I call it. <laughs> Damn straight. Yeah. Except for Hawaii. Uh, uh, so Friedrich asks, "What is a good audiobook I need to listen to?" Don't do audiobooks. Uh, anything by Neil Gaiman, it's like having him read um, you a story as you go to bed. Uh, uh, there's two that I recommend. Uh, World War Z actually has a really World good War audience. Z is great, yeah. Uh, it's basically a radio, pro- radio program. Yeah. yeah, and then the Daily Show America, because that has the cast of the old Daily Show, like Jon Stewart. Oh, and wow. All. Uh, and it's, it's, yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's very funny. My statement there was Stephen not, Colbert was yeah. not hortatory. It was like, I don't listen to audiobooks. So yeah, I don't we have know. an answer. We know yeah, you're, you're too normal for Th- it. That's exactly it. right. Uh, yeah. Matt from Kyrgyzstan asks, 
Do you have any kind of old media, book, movie, video game, etc., that you keep going back to long after it should have no replay value left? Yeah, Super Nintendo. Uh, I will go back to at least like once every couple of years, I will get the world's worst hankering to play Super Mario World um, on the original machine, and I will find a way to make this thing fucking work, even though... I could and have downloaded that very game on newer devices and play it on a newer device and better television. It, it just feels differently to me to sit down in front of a Super Nintendo and play a video game. That's, that's probably the one thing that I continue to go back to Yeah, um, that is, is out purposefully outdated. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the only one. I don't really have something like that, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, fair. I tend to move forward. I've right? even, like, I've beaten Payday, too. So, like, I got the secret. So, I'm, I'm done with that. I, I play Killing Floor, too, uh, on occasion. But I'm trying to do new games now. Wow. So, yeah. had they never done that last update for Payday 2, you would have been playing it forever. I think it would have burned out on that anyway. I'm, I'm not I convinced mean, of yeah, that. I'm not either. I think you're lying. <laughs> okay. Caramel. Uh, on that note, uh, tied for your number one vote getter this week was Living with Humans, so we're going to grab a beer and we'll be right back to talk about what that's like. Caleb, what's that beer? I am going to drink from Piney River Brewing Company, the Black Walnut Wheat, uh, which I'm pretty excited for. I, I like Piney River quite a bit. Yeah, they're local, uh, brewed here in Springfield, Missouri, not too far from Mother's Brewing Company, uh, just over off uh, Division or Commercial, yeah. one of those streets over there, think they, Commercial. They've got a subtitle on the can that says, Taste the Ozarks, which is normally a big red flag for me, but Piney River is reputation is such that you know i sort of walk past that that's right i, I feel like it's going to be a good thing i used to be into this beer uh had had quite an affinity for it and then i started getting headaches after drinking it so i stopped i can't tell though if that was a quantity or a quality problem if i'm being totally honest so i don't think it's fair to blame piney river or the beer man a lot of threes today yeah it's it's perfectly fine but the walnut is way too faint for me yeah it's not, uh, I like, if I'm going to go with a nut, I'll go with like a Breckenridge nut brown porter or yeah. something like that. You but know what it did? It, it always just tasted like a slightly maltier wheat to yeah. me, which, yeah. which is fine. I mean, it's drinkable. Um, yeah, but I... A little thicker boulevard. Yeah. I'm not I'm not looking for that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, we're into living with humans. This was your suggestion. So what are we, uh, what are we talking about? Sarah's out of town this weekend. Uh, I'll just describe my day today, Do and it. we'll see if you can figure out what the segment's about in this living with humans. So, this morning I got up, fed the cat, uh, ate some fruity pebbles, didn't really know what to do with myself, went back to bed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got back up, mm-hmm. uh, thought about starting my day, Yeah. then I got a text on my phone, then I went to YouTube, mm-hmm. and I sort of laid down and watched YouTube. And then I looked over at where Sarah should be to tell her about a funny thing I saw on YouTube, and then she wasn't there. And I'm like, oh, that's pitiful. So then I put my phone away, and I stared at the ceiling until I went to sleep again. Wow. Then I got up, and I shaved, and I showered. Thanks. But showering made me sleepy, so I went back to bed. Jesus. And then my hair got all mussed up. So when I got up again, hopped in the shower to is get this, my hair down. Is this segment about blood sugar? And then I put, put my clothes on, <laughs> and then I came here. Uh, after running a couple errands. Uh, that's not my typical Saturday. No. Uh, it's sort of like a lot of me wandering around the house in my boxers confusedly. Now, uh, it's not exactly pining. Like, I wasn't writing a letter like, dearest Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> the winter is long. Yes. Uh, but um, 
And the thing is, we go without seeing each other for a long time, like, because we have to, because of work, like, and you've had this, where you work for, like, one or two weeks, solid, oh, yeah. and you ne- you just, like, basically go home and crash at the same place, and you yeah. gotta get up and do it again. It sucks, it's not something I look forward to, but I don't get, like, weepy over it, it's, I, I'm not happy about it, but, I, like, I don't freak out or anything, but she leaves town, and I'm just, like rootless and weird mm, for mm-hmm. like the entire time i don't sleep well it's mm-hmm. just like wandering around and it's like not the same if she's like so late at work that i go to bed or like even if, you know we have to go someplace else and right. sleep somewhere like it's fine but like the second she leaves town i get phantom, phantom spouse syndrome mm-hmm. i'm just like huh? Huh? like I, it, it makes me really sympathize for divorced people because you don't realize how much you're living around each other until that person's, like, gone and not coming back with, like, groceries or something. Right. And then you're just kind of like, I'm just sort of listless. So my question is, is this cute or pitiful or something else? I f- it feels like maybe both, depending on how generous you are that day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this morning was definitely pitiful by any objective standard. The description of it didn't make me feel like it was cute. I, I, need I mean, I wasn't that, feeling right. bad. Right. I felt I'm very rested. That's right. good. Yeah. Rest is nice. Over-rested, is. maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, here's my thing. So Brandy, um, like, uh, so she was gone for five days for a conference a few weeks ago. She's going to be gone for five more days coming up, and then, in, and then I'll be gone for a few days, and then she'll be gone for a few days. So we actually... This is something we encounter not frequently, but like eh, not not infrequently, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, here here's how it typically works out for me. So like the first night, yeah, I don't, you know, okay, fine. Uh, it's an evening. Um, it's a little quieter around my house. Marie and I sit and watch something bad that she wouldn't want to watch. Um, and then uh, we go to bed and I get up. It's usually day two or day three that things really set in for me because then it really is truly uh, quiet around my house. And I find myself talking to Murray a lot more just because I'm used to conversation going on. And you talk to Murray a lot anyways. Yeah, that's right. I really just I really just observe what I'm doing to Murray all the time by day three. Um, it probably looks like a mania if I'm being totally honest. I feel like you know like a dad driving down the highway just reading billboards. Like that's what I'm doing at Murray by day three of Brandy being gone. Um, so I don't know if it's cute or pitiful. It's probably annoying from Murray's perspective. It it really hits home though. Uh, usually around night two. Uh, Murray will just sit on the edge of our bed and he'll look at the stairs like waiting for Brandy to come upstairs to go to bed. Won't go to bed. And that's where things like really kind of reach like pitiful because then I'm like double whammy upset because no Brandy and now Murray is like upset and worried about it. And so now I'm stressing out because I'm like, well, how do I call so, him? So, oh, what you say starts I, playing. Yeah, like yeah. I can't explain to him like, oh no, she's coming back. You know what? I, I've tried. It doesn't work. And I can't, I I can't say like, hey man, it's cool. Mom will be home because if you say the word, then he's like, oh, mom's home, uh, and then you've got a whole other problem. We even tried one time. Uh, well, that's your dog's dumb. Yeah. Okay, sir. <laughs> this is a fight you do not want to pick. Uh, that we even tried FaceTiming at some point. And I was like, okay, so I'll just turn the the phone around. You you say hi to Murray. Well, then he just hears her voice and has no fucking clue what this phone thing is. Yeah. So he's like, oh, where are you? And then he just like frantically runs around the room. Yeah, I'm sure. he He's a very low-key dog, so I'm sure that went well. Oh, yeah. Real chill. Um, <laughs> so I don't know that there's ever a period, uh, at least for me, when it's cute. It's... Not a huge deal until it's, like, um, draining on the household and eerily quiet. I mean, I think it's cute in that it's, like, nice a nice problem to have, because, like, you've been together so long that that is something that sets in. Oh, like, yeah, it's certainly fair. something I prefer to, like, 
being this way all the time. Right. Because I, I apparently would get nothing done except sleeping a whole lot. I was going to say. Uh, and Fruity Pebble eating. Right. And a lot of At showers. At least Splenda got fed. I mean, that's good yeah, news. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm... And I came here. It's not like I'm shirking responsibilities. Right. But, like, I also do other things, like, in between responsibilities when she's around, and I, I just don't. It's like, yeah, I got my job done. That is kind of surprising. Back to staring at a wall. That you've like, dropped energy for the in-between stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I lose energy for the in-between stuff there. Um, I, sometimes I feel like I'm more productive because I have depends, nothing like, else to do. It depends, like, on night. Like, right. at night when, like, I'm trying to wind down and go to bed, I, I right. do the... That's probably where I'm... I guess I'm active because I'm watching something terrible that she wouldn't want to watch. Yeah, for sure. But that's pretty much it. Ross, I'm curious because, you know, given the nature of your relationship, mm-hmm. it's it's not together for 11 months and then like yeah, hyper yeah. intense together for yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. Um, so now that you're back from Australia 2019, mm-hmm. uh, have you had, um, have you had like a, Oh, this is weird because now there's not this other person around all the time. Yeah, no, it sucks. Yeah. Okay. It well, sucks a lot. Cool. <laughs> I feel, I feel like we've really opened up uh, a very positive and productive conversation for us today. <laughs> this is getting weepy. I don't know how uh, phantom spouse syndrome goes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm fine. It's just let us know if uh, we're the only person who do this because I, I don't know. Yeah. Because here's the here's the other thing. Here's the other thing I hate. I much prefer this problem to being the bro husband, like the oh the old ball and chains out of town. Oh, yeah. Can finally have a good time. I hate those motherfuckers. Yeah. Like That's that is the thing. worst. One thing that helps me is sending selfies so to uh, uh, We are not going to talk about the types of pictures you send each other uh, <laughs> across the ocean. I think that's. I think the FCC. I mean, maybe would have you a should try that. that. Nope. Have you, have you th- considered trying that? Nope. Nope. Definitely I think wouldn't. Brandy would appreciate it. She does. She asks for pictures. Yeah, and you I should do that. Actively shirk this. I don't even. I'm not crazy about the FaceTime thing because I don't want to see myself. The, yeah. Oh. The problem with the problem with pictures is that they're a visual medium. That's right. Of me, right. You, which you, we've established in this both, podcast. Right. Perfectly never, fine never positive for humanity. It, it, you are both positive. That's you're not on, the compliment on, you think it is, right? Yeah, perfectly is. fine looking. Yeah, it's you, not, <laughs> you're both handsome gentlemen. Okay. How's that? Now you're just kissing ass. You're already on the podcast. <laughs> you don't need to. Um, I'm trying to help you. Caleb, if you need somewhere to stay tonight with humans, you're welcome. Thank you're you. Welcome our Thank home. you for that. Um, one more beer. We're on the drunken. What are you drinking? From Ska Brewing Company, who I might say for a while when I was drinking IPAs, the Modus Operandi, their IPA was the most drinkable of the Did IPAs. Did you pick it up? Did I pick it up? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Oh, okay. All right. I'll see myself out. You, you guys handled this one. I feel I feel good about getting out of here. It's too late, Spencer. You're in too deep. Yeah. Um, now, before you talk about Ska Brewing Company, can you name every Ska band that's ever existed for the sake of our listeners Couldn't, across the entire earth? Uh, Real Big Fish. I think that's it. End of, end of list. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is the Ruby Soho Grapefruit Lager. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, not crazy about the grapefruit. Um, so ugh, it's how I feel. Hey, about I had it. a melon beer, man. We gotta even this out. To be fair, is, is anyone really excited about grapefruit? I've never more so than melon. Who gets fucking psyched no, about melon, man? Watermelon is good. <laughs> Why cantaloupe is good? There it's was so no much... watermelon. You know in they that. call cantaloupe rock melon. It was Honeycrisp. There in, was no uh, watermelon in that. God, you know what so they call cantaloupe? There? I don't. Does it's someone, rock melon. Does somebody okay. want to try this? Yeah. Uh, not, not based on what you said. Spoiler: It tastes like the stuff that happens right after you throw up. 
you're like, oh, that's a lager. Oh my god! Then it tastes like vomit. It tastes like grapefruit, which tastes like it's vomit. Not that bad. It's okay. It's a two. It's a two, right. probably. Well, it's a grapefruit. Junior mints. All right. The it's saving grace is on the front end before the grapefruit kicks in. It's it's kind of like a little sweet lager, and you're like, oh, this could be a good beer, and then it's like, yeah, fuck. That's you, a though. three for me. That's fine. oh come on, Stokes. This is bad. Um, I do like you though, Scubbering. Thank you for your contributions <laughs> to beer. Um, we're into drunk enough. I uh, brief story uh, th- then to get us into the the bit here. Um, on a Wednesday evening. Um, I, along with some of my work colleagues, I should say this on a Wednesday midday, I, along with some of my work (laughs) colleagues, uh, decided to start drinking and that drinking carried through into the late evening. And I did have work to do the next morning, which again, for clarity would be a Thursday. Yeah. Um, and so Thursday morning I woke up at 3 a.m. after passing out on a couch in my home. Cause you're goddamn professional. Cause I'm a goddamn professional. (laughs) I woke up at 3 (laughs) a.m. Took a bath, uh, because what else do you do at 3 a.m. when you're hungover? <laughs> and uh, and I felt like headachy and hungover, but like, okay. And then around oh, like... Oh, that's because you were still drunk. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, then, and then I got out of the bath, and I'm like, I think I'm going to throw up. So then I sat in front of my toilet for an extended period of time. Uh, did not throw up. Then I went back upstairs, laid back down. Lay down for like another 30 minutes, and then things started to get real bad. So like, not just headachy, but achy totally. And so I thought, well, I felt good in the bath, so let me go take another bath. So then I took a second bath. <laughs> Like around 5 a.m. This has been the mix six baths. Yeah, yeah. I'm very clean this week, by the way. Uh, got out of the bath at like 5.45 or 6. Yeah, that's an hour. Um, and at this point, I had made a number of like grand proclamations about how different my life was going to be, right? This wasn't like I'm hungover, I'm never drinking again. This was like existential dread. Like I'm hungover and I'm thinking about whether or not I even want to be a person who talks about alcohol anymore, right? (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to think about whether or not I want to be a person who just runs in his free time and who doesn't eat anything that isn't just fresh fruits and vegetables ever again. And then, and then I'm thinking about whether or not I want to be a person who doesn't pursue his dreams of being a writer. And if I'm just wasting away here, spending my free time playing video games. Fuck you, Bungie. So, <laughs> so as of Wednesday of this week, which was at this point three days ago, yeah. you were just going to turn it all around. Yeah. You just had a journey there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. And then, so then Friday, yesterday, while I was drinking more beer, I thought, God, what kinds of like grand proclamations have I made? In, in the throes of not a hangover, but a hangover. Like, not the, oh, I've got a headache and I'm a little bit like, don't be too loud around me. But like, I have made a, not just a mistake last night, but a mistake in my life path, which led me to a point where I thought what whatever I just did was acceptable. And now I'm dealing with it and I need to make cosmic changes to my trajectory. Oh, man. Uh, so what what kind of crazy fucked up? Grand proclamations have you made about changing your life in in the throes of death hangover? Well, I mean, the thing you have to remember when you do it is Vince Lombardi once said that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> so you, you're it's a quitter's mindset, the hangover <laughs> mindset, and you got to talk yourself out of it. Um, so uh, leaving that aside, I've only had a couple like this. There was. Uh, graduation hangover at the Fun Factory, in which uh, I was pretty much in the bathroom from for about twelve hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was a um, 
going to get my life right. Yep. Going to start working out. Yep. Yeah. Fitness is always working into it somehow. I yeah, don't know definitely. why. Never going to drink again. Yeah. Going to live clean. Going to become straight edge. Uh, I've never gone straight get X's edge. tattooed on the back of my hands, like that kind of stuff. Thank God you didn't do that part. Well, Please, yeah, do that. I mean they're junky promises, Ross. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's not to be believed. Please it's, do that. It's, count, <laughs> it, it's you know uh, duress under torture. You're going to say anything you want to make it stop, and I think that's really what you're trying to do is negotiate with the hangover. You're, yeah, not just with you. Yeah, but you're being held universe. hostage by your headache yeah. and. Your weird sweats yeah. and that kind of stuff. Let me yeah. tell you about a promise that I made uh, only 48 hours ago, really, at this point. I promised myself I'd never wear hoodies again. <laughs> you're wearing what? one right now. It's, it's like your exclusive wardrobe. Yeah, well, so here's why. Also, why? Okay, here we yeah. go. Because in negotiating with the universe for passage out of this dark place, I, I said, I will strive to give the energy that you will give back to me when I'm non-hungover, to not be lazy and inconsequential in my decision-making. And the example par excellence for that is my inability to think past the point of, I can just grab a hoodie and go. So I, I promised the universe I'd never wear hoodies again. That's not working, he said, in his hoodie. So do you think there's like some sort of Greek god, like the Antipacus, who is like... Mm-hmm. You have to make offerings of self improvement to sometimes, him. To sometimes make the I, I do feel that way. Uh, I told myself <laughs> Thursday morning that if I woke up Friday without a hangover, I'd be the nicest, most productive person I could be to everyone around me. And frankly, I think I killed it Friday. I mean, I really think I crushed it. Uh, the other one I've had was uh, my the birthday where I got fired. Where we went to that uh, barcade and they had the passion fruit beer from Hawaii that oh, was yeah. about to turn. That was one of the worst hangovers of my life. But that was, again, just like, this is the last time I'm ever going to drink. They they wish they would have kept me on. I'm going to, like, set the world on fire. This is the beginning of a bright new dawn. Right. I will rise like a phoenix from these ashes. Yeah. And then it was, like, the worst two years of my life. <laughs> it's uh, just a lot of ashes, man. That started with a hangover. But, um, yeah. Seems appropriate. Let that, me ask this question. Uh, in my defense, that passion for beer was real cheap. Yeah. It wasn't good. Sure. But it was real cheap. Yeah. Have you made any uh, any just you know sweeping statements whilst hungover, which have stuck? Because I've made two that 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 are still true to this day. What's that? Well, one of them you were there for. Okay. Um, both of them you were there for. Oh my god. Uh, one of them you told me you were going to die at thirty. I think thirty four was the number. Uh, yeah. No, you said thirty. Did You're really? past your date. Crush that. Yeah. yeah. You're past your incept date. Fuck off. Uh, you did not predictive care- me. You did not go to carousel. No. Uh, so two two. Did you just watch Logan's run and be like, "That's that's me"? He just came out of the bathroom saying, "I am gonna die when I am thirty. Yeah. I saw it in a vision. <laughs> yeah, I, which was Logan's run. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was kind of a different thing, I guess. I was, um, two, two, two that have stuck. You've been there for both of them. One is I'll never drink vodka again. I guess you weren't actually there for the second time I drank vodka. Oh, that's one I've kept too. Yep. No more vodka. After your first screwdriver night, that is a pr- hangover promise you keep. That's right. I'm never going to drink vodka or pretty much orange juice again. That's exactly right. So no more vodka, and I've stuck to those fucking guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a similar vein, no more tequila. Uh, because Can't say I've done that. Uh, it was the most fun, most hungover, most I've slept under a toilet uh, in my entire you life. You haven't done that, though. Ex- exactly. We've had tequila since then. I have not had tequila. Yes, since. you have. When? The birthday night where uh, we were out with Dylan and we got in the crazy oh, guy's truck. Oh my god! He he was buying us like 
$16 shots of tequila and we were downing them because well, to they be were fair, free. You saw where I ended up that night. I should have kept that promise. Uh, yeah, I but mean, you didn't. You were real after it. Yeah. Wow. You violated that oh my sacred God. tenet. I'm afraid the universe is going to ask. So here's the thing. I think you can only swear off vodka. That is yeah. the only that is the only thing anti Bacchus wants to hear. <laughs> anti that's the only thing he will accept. Wow. And I have. I mean I really and truly have because it's the it's the actual devil. This tequila thing's blown my mind though. I Oh yeah, you but you were far from not. Maybe you just tequila. paid for it with this hangover from this week. Well, we uh, had margaritas like uh, two months ago, I did not have a margarita. You didn't have a margarita. I do okay. not. I do not drink tequila of a, of a casual. If uh, clearly, if I was going to do it, it was going to be an expensive shot that someone offered to buy. And to my credit, and this is not a defense in any legal means, I was very drunk when I made a decision to say yes to that kind of offer from Dylan. So it's like, meh. Yeah, I really should have sworn off tequila multiple times. Right, especially that time I went tearing ass through suburban backyards I've, in St. Louis. I think that's how. <laughs> I mean, I did have a really bad hangover at my Australian trip, and that night ended with tequila shots. So te- it'll do it. Have you had tequila since then? Uh, no. Do you have any impulse to have tequila ever again in the future? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, there I do. Ha- I did learn something from that though. Uh, that I should have more electrolytes uh, when I, after I'm done drinking, like get some Gatorade. Or yeah, something. yeah. yeah. Uh, to try because oh it was God. a bad hang. I have I've done that. Like I'm going to stock Gatorade or yeah. like Body Armor or whatever that fuck is called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I've never done. I'll call this an anti-Bacchus rule. If you've had tequila and wake up the next day at all considering ever having tequila, tequila again. You haven't had enough tequila. That's right. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's exactly a right. sign. Yeah. That, uh, oh, here's one that's stuck uh, that I'm that I'm now processing. I'll never drink so much that I'm hungover when I have to fly because flying hungover is the actual <laughs> worst thing. I have also kept that one. We so, flew hungover from Vegas, and I wanted to yeah. die. So, like, even when we went to Metatopia, and we spent a good portion of Metatopia getting real drunk. The night before we left Metatopia, shut that shit down. Not a single drink in sight uh, because I had to get on a plane in 16 hours, mm-hmm. and I knew that there was a risk. I would not feel one hundo to get on that plane. Absolutely not. Sarah and I came back from Vegas, and we were like, "Hey, it's our last night." And God, I thought, I thought we were divorced when we were walking through the airport. She was so hungover because if Sarah doesn't feel good, she just doesn't talk to me. So it was like ultimate cold shoulder. Yeah. Then we get to Colorado, and she starts uh, recovering. And then I realized I was still a little drunk there when I is. woke up. There it is. And then the trip from Colorado back to St. Louis was ooh, yeah. rough. Yeah. And flying hungover is the worst thing. Don't do it. I just remember watching Percy Jackson and having him spin. Just, <laughs> just having it spin Stop like it I was personal. going down a drain into Percy Jackson's face. It was awful. I'm curious, uh, for those of you who have stuck through uh, this just real pile of of garbage of an episode we'd put together. Um, for those of you still here, um, are there any grand sweeping promises you've made to yourself that you've kept? They're lies. Look, that's why you don't use torture as a means of gathering intelligence. No, nothing said under duress is actionable I don't intelligence. Know. We've identified You're not two gonna... at this very table that are not lies. But but most of them are. Yeah, many like of them by are. a sheer percentage. You're wearing a hoodie and you've had tequila. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, if I'm hungover and they want to know where the bomb is, I'm just going to start making up names. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's not it's not a good way to change your life. The this tequila revelation is harrowing. I, I have to be honest with oh, you. You had a 
<laughs> not small amount. Shakes me to my core, uh, what I've done here. Damn you, Reposado. <laughs> um, hey, if you've been listening to this, uh, we really cannot tell you how much we appreciate you, but it's a whole hell of a lot. So thanks for sticking with us, the Mix 6 podcast, throughout the entirety of this episode. You're the coolest, and we hope you know how much we appreciate it. If you're not following us on ch- Twitter, check us out at the Mix 6. You can also find us on Facebook. We've got a page and a group. You can find us on Patreon, where you can get access to a ton more Mix 6 content, including short mini-episodes like Hot Takes on Ice and Jury of Our Beers, or more full-length episodes at the $6 and $10 level, where you'll get an additional two episodes a month and access to early content, and the Discord, where you can talk at length about all of the stupid things we say with other people who also participate in this. Finally, if you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, any of your podcast streaming services and they've got a rate and review option, don't forget to rate and review us because it helps more people find us. Finally, if you want to send us something to play, to try, to interact with, uh, feel free to send it to The Mixed 6, 2131 West Republic Road, number 101, Springfield, Missouri, 65807. This has been a lot of fun. We typically don't record this early, let alone on a weekend. So I was all jacked up on coffee, and now I've got some beer in there. Mm -hmm. So I imagine I'm just going to be shaky and fun the rest of the day. Uh, Thanks for listening. I'm Spencer. Uh, This is a Nervium, where we guarantee you the cheapest price because we always use the cheapest better because we literally use the cheapest better. Yeah, that's yeah. the guarantee <laughs> consult your doctor it, it, it's a really terrible guarantee <laughs>